Quick throw left side. Has the first down and more up the sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Houston. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes, it is. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We're from the Hyundai Texans mobile radio studio here tonight, which happens to be located at the studios of Sports Radio 610. Johnny and I heading over after a big uh, meeting today, and Brandon Porter is our producer behind the glass and the general. Since it's Thursday, and you can set your watch, your calendar, all of your devices to it. Thursday means it's the general. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle appearing on the program. General, how are you? I couldn't be better. Thank you for asking. John, I have not talked to you about the draft yet, so this is fun for me. We're going to have a little quick review here because I know people hear you on Sports Radio 610, read your stuff at the Houston Chronicle, but this is Thursday at 6. This is the creme de la creme, the entree, the pièce de résistance. All right, so tell me. Davis Mills gets picked early round three. Your reaction to the pick at the time, and what do you think in retrospect? I thought they'd take a quarterback. I didn't know if Nick Casario would do it in the third or fourth round, but they had to have a third one behind Terod Taylor and uh, Ryan Finley. In fact, it was Davis Mills at that point. There was a second tier of quarterbacks with Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, and Mills, and there wasn't any apparent order. And uh, as Mills' sister told us they called him in the second round before any of those three quarterbacks had been taken and told him, if you're there, we're taking you. And he was, and they did. And uh, a good friend of mine who works at Oregon in the athletic department and told me about Justin Herbert way before I knew anything about him, texted me immediately, said, let me tell you, this kid can play. And so I trust his opinion because he watches all those Pac-12 players, but he's raw. You know, when you have as little playing time as he got, uh, he's going to have to have time to develop behind Taylor and Finley. But I like the fact he's he's smart. He's got good size. He's got a good arm. He just needs experience. And I'm guessing over the second half of the season, they're going to have to see if he can play because if he if he's not, if he doesn't make the progress that Nick Casario and David Kelly and David Cully and Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton think that he should, they're going to have to use that number one pick next year on a quarterback. And I'm writing a column for Sunday, looking ahead to the quarterbacks for next year, particularly the ones who could kind of not come out of nowhere, but be guys that were not talked about being top picks like Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Zach Wilson the last three years. But I'm eager to see Mills play. The only thing I wish he had was more experience. Had he gone back for his last year of eligibility, he could have been a top 10 pick. John, it is also my honor to speak to you because I have not spoken to you since the draft. Uh, And you said David Kelly at one point. I was like, oh, he's thinking TV shows. What do you think about the next two picks going offense, offense, and going wide receiver, uh, tight end slash pass catcher, however you want to look at it, going Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan? What do you think about those two picks, John? I thought going into the draft that cornerback was a big need and all and teams always need more pass rushers, but they need a third quarterback and they need a big receiver to play outside. If they played tomorrow, who would be the outside receiver? They got slot receivers. They got Brandon cooks who plays outside, but the fact that Collins is six, four and I think two seventeen and ran a 
442 at Michigan's Pro Day and looked really good at the senior bowl. And then Pep Hamilton and Ben McDaniels, new coaches on this staff, both were at Michigan with him. And I guarantee you Casario consulted them to get their opinion. And that's why he traded two fours and a five to move back in the third round to get him. Now, because he opted out, I'm really eager to see how players who opted out last season and have not played since 2019, how they progressed. Are they better over the second half of the season? Do they play well as any rookie right off the bat? Or like a lot of rookies, they have to wait till their second year to make progress. But you talk about a good position to be in, this is it. Nico Collins outside. If he makes quick development, that guy can play and make play in a lot, get in a lot of playing time as a rookie. John, what about the defensive side of the ball? I know they drafted the two players late. We'll see how Roy Lopez and Garrett Wallow work out. But now that we're done with the draft here, we kind of see who's available. And, of course, more moves will be made in all likelihood, knowing Nick Casario as little as we do already. But what do you think of that side of the football and what they might ultimately look like in 2021? I'm guessing that Casario put a lot of emphasis on what Lovey Smith thought because – you know, Lovey's been a head coach two times. He's participated in a lot of drafts, and he knows what he wants on defense, particularly in his front seven in the switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3. They traded up to get TCU linebacker Garrett Wallow, and he's undersized at 228, but you can be undersized in a 4-3, in a especially when you're playing the weak side, if you can run and cover. Problem for these rookies there are 37 veteran players here. All but one is on a one- or two-year contract. Those guys are going to work as hard as they can, give everything they got because they want to get a contract extension when the cap goes up next year. So it's going to be harder, in my mind, for a rookie to come in and get playing time when you have so many new players, as the Texans have because of Casario's signings and trades. And a guy like Wallow, should be a great special teams player. And Roy Lopez, the defensive tackle, you know, everybody loves the son of coaches' kids because they work hard, give it everything they've got. Line coaches love wrestlers. They love wrestling because those guys know how to use their hands. They know how to get leverage, stay low, bend their knees. So I'm really eager to see how he fits in in the interior. And the, the pick that surprised me, was Brevin Jordan because he looks like Jordan Akins. Three-year starter, a lot of experience, had a really good season playing with Derek King at Miami. And he's going to come in here and may he catch plays all he catch passes all over the field. John, I know the answer to this question, or at least I think I do. I know what my answer would be. Five players drafted this year, five players drafted last year. What player from last year's draft class do you think is under the most scrutiny to step up and be a player this year? Well, let's see. Uh, who were uh, Ross Blacklock by far? He yep. had a disappointing rookie year. The 3-4 was not really his, his cup of tea. Romeo Cornell mentioned something like that at the end of the year about scheme fit. So he should benefit from playing a four-man front. 
where he can just get up the field. He doesn't have to be responsible for two gaps and grab and read. And it's he's going into his second year. He should make his biggest progress. But they need Ross Blacklock to step up, become a starter. They need him and Charles Amenahu, who also should benefit for this switch to 4-3. I look for Amenahu to be the most improved lineman. And But Blacklock, it's not only do they need him to play, but it's what he represents. What does he mm. represent? The DeAndre Hopkins trade. Everybody talks about David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, they use that second-round pick on Blacklock, and they'd be a, like to be able to look back and say, well, maybe that trade wasn't as bad as we thought. You know, I'll tell you something. I, I looked up this week because I wrote a column today about Watson. Do you know the Texans ended up with the most pass plays of 20 or more yards, 70, mm-hmm. and Watson didn't have Hopkins. He didn't have Fuller five games, Cobb six games. And despite a running game that was – at the bottom of the league, they were first in yards per play. So they've got to make up that, and I think they'll run the ball a whole lot more. And people ask me, why didn't they take an offensive lineman? I say, they got so many now. They don't know what to do with them. And I can't even figure out where they're all going to play other than the tackles. Let me ask you guys a question. Justin Brett, center, didn't play last year, recovering from knee surgery. So it's a lot to ask him to come in and be the instant starter at center. Who's the backup center? Who's the competition at center besides Justin Brett? I have said since last offseason that Max Sharping should learn how to play center. Well, he got mm. a chance under Bill O'Brien a couple times. You think that's a possibility? I don't know. I just think that if if that – if it's just something to add to the toolbox, not saying that I would do it, no doubt, but I would have pulled Max aside and said, you this offseason – do everything possible to learn your footwork, snaps, whatever you got to do. Do 200 snaps a day, 200 shotgun snaps a day. I, I've said Max Sharping would be a guy that I would think about for that uh, opportunity behind Justin Britt. Well, also, well, also, General, uh, when you look at the Aggies that they signed. Yeah, Ryan McCollum. Yeah. I mean, McCollum. Th- they could be interesting. I mean, once upon a time, Greg Mance did a pretty decent job as center for a year when he was thrust into action when they drafted Nick Martin and he couldn't play because of injury. So you never know how these things pan out. Not that, you know, they're automatic pro bowlers or anything, but add them to the mix and see what happens, right? I think McCollum has a chance to make the team as a backup center unless, indeed, James Campen, the new offensive line coach, is thinking about moving somebody else to center. And but I would think of all the of the four undrafted guys, and I'm not surprised they didn't sign more because they got 87 players on the roster now, and they're going to bring in they're going to sign three more veterans to get to uh, uh, 80. As they got 87, 87. They need three more to get to 90, and there's a lot of veteran free agents out there. Like the guy came in today who led the Jets and tackles last year. What's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name, and I just wrote it. Uh, so they're going to bring in three more veterans who will provide depth. And, you know, they want them to compete for starting jobs. But a guy like McCollum, when you've got a guy at center coming off a knee injury, and then you've got a couple of guys who are backups who have played center but have not been regular starters, this is a really good spot to make this team. Or at worst, I think all of them will be at worst the guys at the bottom will be on the practice squad, but the top guys, and I'm guessing Wallow as well, because he's going to be good on special teams, they'll make the roster. 
John, what about the running back situation? Who do you anticipate, just based on what they have right now, what's right in front of us, who leads the team in rushing? It looks like it's going to be by committee, and Ingram has done some things in this league, no doubt. We hope David Johnson stays healthy and contributes. Philip Lindsay could be interesting. What do you think? When I look at the Texans running backs, I see the Patriots. That's where Casario was for 20 years, and it looks to me like he's brought in different guys for different roles. David Johnson, of course, is a really good receiver. And Philip Lindsay, he had 1,000 yards his first two years, and he was hurt last year. Now, Mark Ingram, who had had 1,000 yards in four of the previous five years, when he got to be third team for the Ravens, third team running backs got to play special teams. So he was inactive for – he started nine games. But uh, the competition's going to be tremendous. And uh, I'm going to say – just guessing that it's going to be Johnson and Lindsey because if Lindsey's healthy, he can run, he can catch. Ingram had 56 catches one year, so they've got three running backs who have been 1,000-yard rushers who can be terrific receivers. John, I was doodling a little bit today during our meeting during a break, and I was looking at the quarterbacks the Texans are going to face this season. There's no doubt eh, – I don't, I don't think there's any doubt Russell Wilson is probably the best they're going to face – more than likely, Josh Allen, the next best they're going to face. You would think Seattle, Wilson, and Josh Allen Forgot from about Buffalo. Josh Allen. Yeah. Who's next, John? Kyler I, Murray. You think it's Kyler Murray over I Herbert? And, and see, that's the thing. Herbert Stafford? They really don't face a murderer's row of quarterbacks. No, it's not like last year. It's not like last year. So you say it's Kyler. Because uh, Murray has made tremendous progress in each of his first two years. And the things they've done to try to help not just their defense, but their offense. I think it's tailor-made for him to have an even better season this year. And uh, so I I think they're going to be really good. Can't wait to when they play the Texans. I wish that the schedule, which comes out Wednesday, that they would put the Texans opening the season at Arizona when everybody oh. is going to be really fired up for that first game. And uh, that no. would be what a what a great way to open it up. No. Assessed by NFL.com said that's the eighth most intriguing matchup of all 256 games this year. From where we sit now, because as the season develops, you get these matchups of like 8 0 versus 8 0 or whatever it is. Yeah. But I get it. That's why that's probably going to be their only TV game. And I think they ought to do it, if not right off the bat, early in the season. That's going to be so much fun to watch that game. Fun for you. Yeah, I, well, look, I don't I don't know if I want to go out to the desert early, you know. I will tell you, going out there early, there's a good possibility that far corner of the end zone, they're going to have those cinnamon nuts that are just going <laughs> oh, nonstop. Yeah, yeah it's such a gorgeous smell. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to just stay in that corner of the end zone. It was mm-hmm. my first game, though, so I knew I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, I love that corner of the end zone, those – 2014 preseason opener did not go well. Preseason opener, yeah. The next no game doubt. was a lot better. It was a lot better. Did, did a lot not better. go well. John, what about around the division? How are the Titans feeling about things? They had another misfired appears at least at, with one pick, but uh, what do you make of what they were able to do, the defending champs? Taking Caleb Farley in the first round, who would have been the best, number one corner if he hadn't had back surgery in March, late March. But they've had, the doctors checked him out, and they think he's good. Right now, he's supposed to be back for the start of the season, but he opted out last year. So I'll be surprised if he does anything until the second half of the season at the earliest. But he's going to turn out 
to be a really good pick. They blew that Isaiah Wilson first-round pick last year. Tackle, he's already out of football. But Dylan Rednitz from North Dakota State who blocked for Trey, Trey Lance. He'll be the starting right tackle. And they got another, the corner, Elijah Molden from Washington. He's good. So they got two corners. They needed they needed a wide receiver, tight end, right tackle, and corners. And they didn't take care of all those needs, of course. And the guy you're talking about, I guess, is Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh. who had an off-the-field issue, fourth-round pick. They got to be an edge rusher. We'll see if anything happens to him as far as the league they're investigating. But I gave I gave them a B, gave Colts a B minus, gave the Jaguars an A minus. John, with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, Mark and I have gone over this numerous times. I won't tell you exactly what Mark has said, but he's not the most confident that Trevor Lawrence is going to turn into a dude. Uh, meanwhile, Andre Ware and myself uh, go the other way. Where do you sit on Trevor Lawrence and his prospects in Jacksonville? I think uh, Mark is just hoping. <laughs> he knows that the guy's the best prospect since Andrew Luck Bingo. in 2012. They gave him a running back. He's got James Robinson. Now he's got Travis Etienne. I thought it was very interesting. Urban Meyer talked about Etienne being a third down back, which was hilarious. And because the kid can play. Tyson Campbell, a corner in the second round, he'll play. And intriguing prospects, Walter Little, offensive tackle from Stanford and Houston. He was hurt in 19. He didn't play last year. So I'm guessing it'll take him a little time to get adjusted after all that time off, but he's going to end up starting. They have added, you know, it's amazing. I did a thing yesterday on the AFC South, how it affects the Texans, and the Jaguars over the last 10 years have had seven picks in the top five, and the only one who will be playing for them this year is Trevor Lawrence. You talk about some bad drafting. They have been Mm. pathetic. Well, at least they got something for Ramsey, right? I mean, they got something. Oh, they got two number ones for Ramsey, and that's out. They got Travis Etienne was from the Mm -hmm. Rams. But the fact is, the guys they drafted, they're not on their team for whatever reason. They didn't like playing for them. They didn't like the way they were paid. Is all that going to change? Are these guys all of a sudden going to be happy? And, yes, I want to play for the Jaguars. Are they going to be like those other guys? Get me out of town. Maybe playing for Urban Meyer is going to be different than playing for the other guy. I mean, Tom Coughlin, I would imagine, you know, he didn't change things from what he was doing in the 90s, seemingly. That that seemed to be a big part of it. So maybe a little bit of change of tone at the top will will help Jacksonville keep guys in Jacksonville. Because I know back in the 90s when everybody was kind of on the Tom Coughlin train, people loved playing in Jacksonville, John. So, I don't know, maybe it gets back to that. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. But maybe maybe some changes – uh, with Urban Meyer being there will help. The players liked Doug Marone. You know, their problem wasn't with Doug Marone. Their problem was they didn't think they were paid fairly, compensated. You know, they're probably mm-hmm. being paid based on the team's lack of results. And that 2017 team, which had that great defense, it's amazing what happened to that team and how they went down the toilet so fast because they were just not happy. You know, Gus Bradley was like, and over his head as a head coach, and they just made some bad decisions. The thing about Meyer, if he's if he's retired twice because of health issues, what are the odds that he's going to play coach five years under that contract? You know, he's in the NFL now. There, I think there's more pressure on NFL quarterback, NFL head coaches, even though he is in Jacksonville and he's got a great 
quarterback prospect, I still think, you know, you worry if you're a fan out there, could he be forced to retire a third time because of his health? couple of around-the-league items here, General. What about Aaron Rodgers? Does he stay? Does he go? What's going to happen? I think Aaron Rodgers will be right there when his agent, Dave Dunn, went there and tried to negotiate a long-term extension, and it didn't work out. It didn't mean the end of it. I think uh, I've been listening and reading and watching, and I especially want to see what players that used to play with him think. You know, Brett Favre thinks he's done, but guys who were with him more recently than Favre think it's not a dead issue. And at some point, he's got to talk because he looks terrible wanting a general manager fired. That may be true and it may not be true, but everybody says it is. So at some point, he's going to have to come out and make a statement. And I think as Mike Florio figured that if he retires, it'll cost him $44 million Ooh. this year. And Jeopardy doesn't play close to pay, pay close to that. Now, he's made $240 million from them, so he's obviously not hurting for money. But he loves the game. He wants to play into his 40s. But I don't blame him being irritated that they traded up to get Jordan Love after he didn't have a great season in 2019. But maybe that motivated him to being an MVP for the third time. I got a text. I didn't tell you this, Mark. I got a text from my cousin who lives in Green Bay just yep. out of the blue the other day. Right. This kind of shows you where – you know, sports talk radio can take you in some sense. Mm-hmm. She texts me and she says, hey, they're talking on the radio here about Aaron Rodgers coming to Houston. What? And I, I fell to my chair and I wrote her back and I said, I don't think that's going. I don't think that's going to happen. And I want to just throw it to the general because I know what I'm about to hear and it's going to make my, my day. General Aaron Rodgers to the Texans. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yes, thank you. He's not, you know, the Texans are rebuilding. You know, we all know they're rebuilding. And they're and a quarterback in Rodgers' situation who's come one game from the Super Bowl the last two years, he doesn't want to go to a rebuilding situation. Texans need a, you know, they've got Terod Taylor to be their placeholder as a starter, Ryan Finley, the backup. But they know after they saw Davis Mills drafted he's going to play at some point this year and when you have a young rebuilding team you want a young quarterback general uh what about the offseason program what can you share with us about where it's going we know the rookies are coming in soon as far as the texans go they don't have too many rookies to work with i'm not sure how they're going to structure that camp probably have some tryouts or whatever but what do you think of the offseason program until we get to that break at the end of june well they also have those first year guys coming in so i'm fired up about the rookie camp just to see Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. You know, there's nothing like a quarterback to create a buzz, especially if you need one, and the Texans are going to need one. And um, and it's just gotten – that position's got so much attention. I can't wait to see him on the field throwing the ball. And as far as the rest of it, the OTAs, I think Juwan James's situation – he played three games in 2019. His first year in Denver blew out his knee. This year, he, last year he opted out. Now he's out with Achilles. If you're going to make it, this sounds terrible. But if teams in the league want to make an example out of a player, this is what happens when you don't work out at the facility. He would be a good one to do it with because he hadn't even been with the team too much. And uh, you run the risk of that. You know, some players get hurt away and the teams play them pay him anyway 
If that had been Garrett Bowles, their left tackle, oh, yeah, Garrett, we'll, we'll take good care of you. But James is in a terrible situation considering what he's done the last two years. That's why the union recommending they stay away, unless the union's going to guarantee that contract, I'd be in there. And the Texans have had a great turnout. They had to show up just to introduce themselves to each other. General, uh, what do you have going on in the Houston Chronicle? Wrote a column yesterday. It's on Texas Sports Nation about the AFC South after the draft. Got one up right now on Watson and resetting the Watson trade situations uh, after the draft. And I'm doing one Sunday on the uh, quarterbacks to look at for next season. Got two podcasts up there, TV show snippets. We've got other columns, everything you guys want to know, just like you guys do on HoustonTexans.com. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. We always appreciate the visit. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joining us. Coming up, who's better? Oh, I've got some good ones today, Johnny. I am going to challenge you. I've got quarterback combinations, college coach turning pro coach combinations, a whole bunch of other stuff. Plus, the most important thing, what is it coming up this season? We'll talk about it on Texans Radio. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Go Texans. Go Texans. Go Texans. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. And everywhere else. I mean, I get podcasts everywhere now. You know, you're on some store app and you get podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> it's the, just the like meat market at yeah. your local grocers. Got yeah, it's a, like a podcast. HEB's got podcast. Today we're going to talk rump roast. <laughs> how you should go about? I will say I'll this. tell you what though, Scott McClellan. Oh I, no, no, I can no, listen no. to I, him all day long. I could listen to Scott too. I'm with you on that. Mm. I I have really taken to go to YouTube and watch <laughs> watch cooking shows. Oh watch yeah, cooking snippets like what they're cooking. I mean, I follow to learn or just to watch to learn. To mm-hmm. watch, yeah. To be inspired, to watch anything, yeah. Fix and my I, pool equipment. I don't know if you saw this. I posted yeah. this on Twitter the other day. I've got I got a new outdoor pizza oven. It's called the Uni Pizza Oven, oh, and it's like it's this. for twelve inch pizza. I'll I'll show you my I'll show you the picture. <laughs> Homemade. I did I did everything. I am so okay. Hungry. So that's the first one. So oh yeah, that's right. I did, I did that. see that picture. Okay, it's so, not quite a round pizza. So did well, you? Well, come on. Right, I can't. Sort of this. I mean. Yeah, it's not it's, oval either. It's I don't know what shape that. But it it gives it sort of a rustic it feel. Does, it does. I it, did I'll the dough. What, it looks, it looks I delicious. did everything. It looks delicious. It makes me want to go I've back to. I've become a master uh, of the uni. 
What's the a few weeks in? What's the place we go to at the Greenbrier to get pizza and then oh Hill and Holler. Oh my god, that's pretty good. But yeah, my I, my pizza is better than Hill and Holler. I'm telling you. Okay, it's uh, very good. The most important thing I'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll save it. Okay, we're gonna play Who's Better right now on a Thursday. Ooh. I switched it. We played More Likely to Happen on Tuesday. Now we have Who's Better on a Thursday. The world is confused. Yeah, yeah. I'm but we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. Who's better? Quarterback combination, rookie and vet, Mac and Cam, okay, in New England, or Trey Lance and Jimmy G in San Francisco? Who's better as a quarterback combo? They're, oh, wow. I love Trey Lance well over Mac, mm-hmm. but I like Cam over Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And both Cam and Jimmy are kind of banged up. I'm going to go but- healthy Cam. Healthy non-COVID cam in okay. 2021 for this who's better. And it's an odd year, so that means Jimmy's playing 17 games. Oh. Which is something we got to get used to saying. He played all season, 16 games. No, all season will be 17. 17, he didn't play the whole season. Yeah, but he was healthy for the whole year. Yeah, he Man. was. But he didn't play the whole year. Because he got traded time. during that year, right? I think, yeah, he got traded that, that, that was year. The year. That was the year he was electric. He was six. He was awesome for six games. And then tore his ACL early in 18. I mean, yeah. Anyways. Uh, I'll go San Francisco. I'll go Jimmy G and and Trey Lance because about, I just like Trey that much more than I like Mac. How about Minshew and Lawrence? Mm. <laughs> I mean, Lawrence starts week one. We've gone over this. Right? I mean, that's a. I mean, Lawrence and Minshew. That should be a a buddy buddy cop drama. You know, like Starsky yeah. and Hutch. Oh my gosh, Starsky and Hutch with that hair and then You're Minshew's right. attitude and Minshew's off season photos. <laughs> Somebody tweeted he's he's achieved full not consciousness. What was it? <laughs> full Minshewness. Yeah, full. He was full Minshew. The shirt was open. This Minshew's going to come in during a game in which in which Trevor gets banged up. He's going. Trevor's going to get a concussion. Mm-hmm. We're running somewhere, and Minshew's going to come in and he's going to save the Jags somehow, some way, and that's just going to be his. That's going to be his calling card from now on. He's so, going to be kind of the closer when they need him. Like a Jaguar sort of version of T.J. Yates in a way. Yes. Although, let's not do that to T.J. Because T.J. Yeah, won. Yeah, T.J.'s a, got some pelts on the yeah, wall. playoff game, Monday Night Football, brought mm-hmm. the plane in for a yes. landing in 2011, got him to the postseason. It was mm-hmm. awesome. All right, next, who's better? Well, we have Urban Meyer in the league now. We okay. were talking about him in the last segment with the general, John McClain. Who's a better college football coach, Urban Meyer or Dabo Sweeney? Better college football coach. Urban's a better coach, but I think by the end, Dabo became a better recruiter. Okay. And so I think there was a period where Clemson was getting a little bit more a little bit more talent. They matched up a couple times. You know, Ohio State's team beat them this year. And that, that, People say, well, that was Ryan Day. Those are all urban recruits. Urban recruited all those guys for the most part. When they met in the semifinal the year before, Ohio State was smoking them. Smoking them. And then Sean Way got tossed on a sack. They called him for targeting. And the game changed at that point. Clemson got some momentum, ended up winning that game. So straight up, I think... I think Ohio State has been the better. Just straight up head-to-head matches. I think Ohio State's been better. I just have always felt like Urban Meyer, if I got to win one game, I'm not the biggest Urban Meyer fan the way he's gone about his business over the years. But you're going to pick him. I'm picking Urban Meyer. Okay. And I love Dabo, but I'm picking Urban Meyer to go in that game. Okay. 
All right, so sticking to this theme, sort of college coach turned NFL coach, this is a projection. Okay. Who's better? Who will be better? Who will be better overall, Matt Rule or Urban Meyer? College coach turned NFL coach. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say that it'll be Urban. Now, Carolina is still not really settled at the quarterback position. Jacksonville has one, we think. You know how I feel. I know. It's not done till it's done, baby. He might be the number one overall pick and the best prospect since Andrew Luck, but he has to play like Andrew Luck to prove it. I am a huge Matt Rule fan. Everything about Matt Rule, I I love. The fact that he was handed what he was handed at Baylor. Now, he took the job, but what he was handed at Baylor after everything that went down, after Art Bryles left, yeah, he's got a one in eleven team, and was being interviewed for NFL head coaching jobs. After that, it was like they the NFL respects this guy. Yep. So you knew it wasn't going to be long at Baylor, and then he gets the opportunity to go to Carolina, he gets a seven year deal. So you know Carolina respects the heck out of him. I just think the fact that he was able to win any games last year, having never met any of the players on his team until they walked in for training camp, I think is is fascinating. It's and cool. I. I yeah. I think Matt Rule is going to get it going there in Carolina, but he doesn't have his guy yet. He doesn't have that guy quarterback, and I think that's going to – I mean, Sam, I'm I, I do think there's something left for Sam. I still think there's something there, and I hope that Joe Brady gets out of him because I do think Matt Rule would end up being that guy. Here's the other aspect. I think that Matt Rule would be better able to handle the ups and downs of a regular season in which – you're not winning 17 games. Because he's been 1-11 or whatever. He's been there. He's dealt mm-hmm. with adversity. Urban Myers, whenever adversity is hit, yep. he's like, I'm done. I'm retiring. I mean, I'm how's Urban Meyer going to feel about the preseason games? Yeah. Never mind getting into regular season stress and strife, 17-game I mean, schedule. That's where he's going to really have to rely on you know, Trent Balky, his GM. You know, he's been there, not not just in Jacksonville, but just in the NFL. And veteran assistants. Veteran. But here's the thing. He mm-hmm. went out and he got – Charlie Strong to be his one his linebackers coach. Well, Charlie was a college coach. Yeah, but so he's got Brian Schottenheimer. But he's got he's got Shotty and he's got um, Bevel, Daryl Bevel. So he's got a couple guys around him. But might be it might be a situation in which he's hitting the panic button earlier than he probably should, and that's mm-hmm. when coaches are going to help him. You'd think, but when you're wired a certain way, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's around you. You're wired you're wired that particular way, and I think Urban's wired in such a way that. That losing doesn't turn around fast enough for him. He may not be long for any NFL job. I think Matt Rule has been there. He's turned things around. He knows what it takes in the NFL to get it turned around. I think Carolina is going to be a team that if Sam is right, then it happens sooner than later. But if Sam isn't and they got to go get one in the draft, then it may take a little bit longer. But I'd, I'd trust Matt Rule to be able to handle the ups and downs of being an NFL coach before Urban. The Texans face both coaches this yes. year, and you vote for Carolina to be your opening day opponent. That's John. Is that Harris's what I said? Vote. I think you did. Yeah, yeah, I did because you want. Yeah, I wanted to see Sam Darnold first. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm all. I'm yeah, all yeah, about yeah. that. Let's. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty good choice right there. Who's better? Let's stay in the division oh, here, go. or go in the division, or whatever you want to call it. Tennessee or Indy? Now I know Tennessee's the defending champion, and Indy breaks in Carson Wentz at quarterback, but Indy improving question mark do they have what it takes to challenge tennessee and upend them yes 
the the interesting thing about these two teams, last year when they met in Tennessee, Indianapolis was on a little bit of a roll and just spanked them. I mean, it was like, wow. I mean, it was like eye-opening, like, holy cow. Tennessee had, I think, I think Tennessee had beaten us. And it was close. But then you see Indianapolis, and I remember I texted you, I'm like, Holy cow! Did you did you see what India just did to Tennessee? That was after the overtime game in that Tennessee won. Nashville, yeah, it was. I don't know if it was directly after, but it was in mm. around that same time. And I'm like, holy cow! Well, then when it flipped and it went back to Indianapolis the week before we played them here, played yep. Indianapolis here, they, they played up them. in Tennessee, and Tennessee just ran roughshod. Now Indianapolis, they missed like three or four guys, key guys, Buckner being one of them. Mm. Buckner then came back for our game. Thank you, and that made a huge difference. I think Indianapolis is is primed to take over that. I think Indianapolis is better than Tennessee. Just across the wow. board, I think they're better than Tennessee. But Carson Wentz. But there's Carson Wentz. Yeah. And that, that worries me. Yeah. That that worries me. However, I've watched, and I'm sure you have too, the Indianapolis Colts, they're, they're you know, ours. Um, building the Texans. Ours is building the Texans. Theirs is with the next pick. Creating the Colts. They did a whole episode on Carson yeah. And how he got to Indianapolis, and really it was about Frank Reich. Yeah, it was all about Frank and the trust that they have in one another. If things start going a little bit south, that's going to be dicey, yeah. very, yeah. very, very dicey. But if Carson is on the straight and narrow, I think you end up having a better team in Indianapolis across the board, and also because they've drafted better lately. Tennessee's draft last year was god-awful. Oh, it was terrible. And this one, I think, could go the other direction for Tennessee, but it's only, it'll only be one year in. I think Indianapolis, for the most part, has drafted pretty well since Chris has been there, and I think that's made a big difference on that team. All right, the most important thing, I'm going to tell you what that is okay. next. Yeah, also, non-football-related, I have the toughest who's better, what's better oh. ever. Ever. Ever? The toughest one ever. Ooh, okay. It's coming up on Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Ashley Home Store's lowest prices of the season are here. Shop some of our best sellers at their lowest prices. Find sofas, dining sets, and more. Starting as low as $199. Plus, save up to $1,000 off your purchase. Or get 0% interest for six years. These limited-time savings won't last long. Visit your local Ashley Home Store for details. We have 12 Houston-area locations to serve you. Ashley Home Store. This is home. Proud sponsor of the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Now back to more Texans talk on Texans All Access. Yes. So great to have you with us. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Okay, uh, let's do the most important thing first, then I'll give you the hardest who's better ever. Okay. Okay? Right. We're running out of time here. And Brandon Porter's like, you guys got to, you know, get to it. Get yeah, to the point. Yeah. All right. So the most important thing is this. And I don't care who's playing quarterback. I really don't. I mean, I do care. But, yeah. This is the most important thing. And McLean was talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. They led the league in, you know, in this and that and on offense and yards per play uh, and the big plays going. and all that. And, look, they didn't draft anybody on the offensive line, but they did sign, reportedly, the two guys from Texas A&M. We'll see how it yep. goes. But the 
ability to run the football is the most important thing. The guys up front, okay. the guys carrying the rock, no matter who the quarterback is, because look at last year. Mm-hmm. Look at what the struggle was. Extra stress on the defense because even though you have all those sexy stats and yards per play and everything and yards per attempt and all, leading the league in passing yards, you got to sustain drives. You've got to be able to run the football in this league to be successful. I mean, you know, look, if you've got a lights-out defense and you're getting takeaways, okay, you're going to be okay, all right. But they didn't get takeaways. So, yeah, that that is crucial. But I still say, Johnny, the most important thing, the big guys up front, the ability to run the rock, and that's – look, we won't know it till we see it, but they got to feel like mm, we're feeling better about it than what you saw on tape last year, that dimension of it. You know, the rest of it it's, we can talk about later, but that dimension of it, I think that it has, you know, I, I was going to say it has to be addressed. They have addressed it, you know, Cannon, Britt, that kind of thing. We'll see how it goes because it's crucial to be able to do that. It's like a pitcher. You know, a pitcher's got three pitches, fastball, curveball, slider, and all of a sudden curveball's not working. Right. And you got fastball, slider, that's it. That's all you got. And teams know that's all, and, and hitters know that's all you've got. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble. So if you get the curveball back and now you got all three working, you're like, well, okay. And I know you're not saying, hey, they've got to be the number one team in the league rushing. Yeah, that's not what you're saying, but they've got to be able to go to the curveball. Yeah. They got to be able to reach back and find it mm-hmm. when it doesn't look like it's there. They don't have to be the Browns with Nick right. Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. They don't have to be the Browns, but they've got to be able to, when they reach back for it, it's there that they can rely on it when they need to take some some heat off the passing game and and some of those things. I think right there with you, if you run the ball better, much better. I mean, anything you do running the ball is going to be better than you did last year. Yeah. You got to turn teams over. Right. You've right. got I, that's another to topic. turn teams over. And obviously yeah. necessary. Are you ready for the toughest who's better ever? Okay. This is well, that one, I mean, turnovers or running the ball. What's what's better? What's better? All right, we can do that another day. Okay, hold on. Write that that one down. Okay, but this is a non-football one. Okay. This is the toughest one ever. Mm. What's better, Tex-Mex or barbecue? Don't do that to me. See? This is choosing, like, between children. That's not right. This is awful. What an awful choice. That's not right. Because they're both so good. So, you, by the way, I, I have to blame for this so last week you come in here and you've got these these tacos yeah and so i mentioned to my my son how good they are so wakes up sunday like dad will you go get tacos <laughs> he's like all right oh so you went to that place mm-hmm. oh, so boy. he tries barbacoa tacos for the first time and mm-hmm. like that's it, it, it it's over it, it's over he's it, i i love the fact that he's grown up here like me he he probably has had more tacos in his you know 21 years or whatever it is um, versus how many I've had. But, yeah, I, I've, after that, it was just like. <laughs> See, I love it when they mix, like, the barbecue and the Tex-Mex. Yeah, I'm cool with that. The blend. And some people are listening saying, well, that's why they call it Tex-Mex. I See, but it doesn't really work out that way all the time, does it now? I, I have always been. I've always been barbecue. But because my daughter's vegan. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, barbecue's tough. Yeah, that is. And my tough. wife doesn't love barbecue, so the Tex-Mex pleases everybody. Yeah, the Tex-Mex kind of pleases everybody, and so mm. we try and get uh, as creative as we can with that. But you could put a shoe on a homemade tortilla, and I'd be fine <laughs> with it. I would, I would be fine with it. But 
I, I love when we get on the road and we can try all the different barbecue. I remember when I met my in-laws the very first time, they they got all excited knowing I was from Texas. And they're like, oh, you know, we're going to have barbecue for you know rehearsal dinner. And I'm like, oh, I, I was so excited because you know, we didn't really have it. In what Jack- part of the country was this? This is North Carolina, eastern North Carolina. Oh, so it's, it's, so it's the vinegar base. It's different. Yeah. I'm just like. Yo, this is barbecue. Like, where the hey, where's my brisket? <laughs> Y'all forgot the brisket with his barbecue, man. But no. I tell you what, I grew I grew to really like it. Yeah. I really liked it when we would go to beaches in North Carolina, we would get that bar oh my goodness. So good. So I I would go Tex Mex now, but if it's mm-hmm. just me, mm-hmm. I'd probably go barbecue. Yeah, I think barbecue. I'd probably go barbecue. A barbecue, I think I can sustain myself on more. And I think barbecue is running the football. So there. And Tex Mex is getting turnovers. Maybe. We'll, okay. we'll revisit that. Put them both that. to the table and you got a winner. Another we'll time. Another right. time. We'll go over that. Uh, so tomorrow we got another show. We do. Six to seven, Friday night, yeah. Texans All Access. We have Texans 360, which is a rerun, but a tweaked version of the draft special. You've got to keep oh, Saturday so night, yeah, 11 o'clock. That. It's going to be awesome. Uh, get a real good look at all the picks for the Texans. Very cool stuff. Saturday night, ABC 13, 11 o'clock, and on many of our Texans radio affiliates. And go to the Texans app for more information on your Texans. Thank you, Brandon, for producing. Thank you, Johnny. Have a great night. Go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. From annual checkups to managing chronic conditions, taking care of your health should always be a priority. At Houston Methodist, our primary care doctors are available to provide personalized care for you and your family safely. We offer a variety of convenient ways to get care from us, from same-day sick visits to extended hours at select locations. And we are taking every precaution to keep you safe during your visit. Choose your doctor or schedule online at HoustonMethodist.org slash stay healthy. 